Shadow of Rockford Tower, behind enemy lines in the belly of the Delaware Way Beast. It's Rob here in Highlands Bunker. We're live to tape. You're not hearing it live, but people are in here. Uh, Super producer Carl is here on the knobs. And um, today uh, we have a big General Assembly kickoff. And I am very uh, happy to be able to introduce both of our guests, um, the Democratic Majority Whip of the Delaware Senate, um, Tizzy Lockman. Hello, Thank Tizzy. You. Hello. Thank you for coming. Hello, hello. And the majority leader of the Delaware State Senate, Brian Townsend. Thank you very much for having us. Well, thank you for thank you for coming in. Um, so the first question is: So Tiz, Tizzy and I are, you know, we're friends. We know each other. You know, <laughs> oh, socially you know, out of, outside of the outside of the outside of the professional realm. You know, mm-hmm, uh, true. now Brian and I have met each other. We're like acquaintances, maybe. Um, but we've talked about you coming in before, and you know there was. We'll just say it didn't work out. We'll reticence. Didn't, I, I didn't say that. I just said it didn't work out. Now, when I reached out to Brian and he said, "Well, how about if Tizzy comes with me, we do a big Senate thing?" I was like, "Oh, that's cool." But my question is, who is whose uh, emotional support person? <laughs> are you her emotional support person, or I is cannot she? Believe I'm more I, of I an can... accountability buddy, or how do you say that? Accountability buddy. <laughs> Oh, so you're like the staff person. You're going to be like, cut them off and all that. Uh, sir, we have to, can we, no. take, can we just take a minute? Can we take a minute, please? No. We're, like, we work well together. I don't know. I hope, we, I, I, <laughs> I like to think we do. Uh, I would say, I'd be shocked and I'd be honored if Tizzy thought I was her emotional support person, but my mm-hmm. guess is she is entirely mine um, and, and, and the state's better off for it. Okay. I do like, I mean, I like the, uh, I, I like presenting as a team. Yeah. Senate team. Yeah. I can dig that. I think it's fun. I and, can dig that. And, and, you know, I'm glad to finally be here. You know, it took us a minute, but I'm, you know. Well, you got, I mean, you got to make, you gotta, there the has wait. to be some mystery. Like, is she going to come on? Is she, yeah. Is she have her on? I do come like on. mystery. Yeah. And I'm good it's with kind it. of a Scorpio thing. <laughs> well, the first thing I'm interested in, I've said this before, and I really don't mean it as a, uh, an, in a negative way. It's just a fact to me. There are, you know, people talk about in leadership. You guys are in Senate leadership. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that doesn't necessarily make someone a leader. <laughs> like, um, but to that end, that's what I wanted to ask um, the the majority leader. I understand about priorities. Not everything's going to get done. Hardly anything really ever gets done. Uh, but what if if I, if somebody said, "What are your top three priorities in the Senate of legislation that you want to pass and enact this term?" Uh, that would be like the top three. Items, and you said that this would make a material change, or this would uh, move the ball forward in whatever uh, particular policy or area. Like, if you had to give the top three, what would it be? I'm definitely a series of housing bills that'll try to um, enhance housing stability, particularly for you know the most disadvantaged Delawareans. I mean, no doubt that's something we had tried to do last time. We're going to gear back up and and do it again. Um, Leobor and broader reforms uh, that try to try to improve. Um, you know, equity in the criminal justice system broadly, increase you know, trust and confidence in our, our law enforcement community and accountability, importantly, in the law enforcement community. Um, I think there'll be a variety of labor bills we try to do that really that really push the, the opportunity for people to organize or to mm-hmm. not have to face, uh, you know, while they have their own challenges organizing, not have to face, you know, unfair opposition 
and, and a variety of things really trying to drive um trying to drive more labor rights and improving significantly the disparities in the workforce particularly um the construction trades and and it's a tough it's a tough issue but anyway those are the three I mean, there are other ones that come to mind right away too environmental protections there's a host of things we want to do there um uh, probation and parole reform senator Marie pinckney is working very heavily on on initiative there um I mean, I'll keep. I guess we keep going on Just and go on. Through but the caucus. Yeah, there's. I mean, there's. A, there's a lot we want to do. But it's housing, um, criminal justice, the no, board. I think that gives us a labor, good. That yeah. gives us a good place to to start, because broadly, and I and we can drill down on a lot of this stuff. But broadly, there are things sitting there that people have worked out. Um, Leo board reform. I think it should be repealed. It's it's a disgrace. It's a, it's a real embarrassment to the state. But we know who uh, is a, a barrier to change here. I don't think there's any question about that. Um, what we don't see is if the Senate leadership and the Senate Democratic Caucus have a priority, which was the second one, Leo Borg reform, doesn't, are, are, is there going to be some sort of effort to point out the people who are roadblocking your priorities. Um, Do you know what I mean? Sure. Because you, you you have you have a lot of great priorities, and it, unfortunately, they're the same ones that people have told me the year before, and year before, and year before. And and I believe you guys believe them. Well, I'm, I mean, not, I'm, I'm not I'm not I'm not tell, I'm not trying to say that um, that this is that this you're just blowing smoke in my ass. I think you really want to do this, but the next step is to sort of if 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 people are going to be Democrats in Delaware and your colleagues in the General Assembly. Or, you know, the leader of this sort of the leader of the state party in the state anyway, the governor, it, it does not have an agenda, apparently, as far as I can tell, or priorities. Uh, and he's a he's a, an obstacle to change. Um, so, I mean, if if your agenda is failing, which I would say that it is, when do we start pointing out the people who are obstacles to your success? Well, I mean, I'll say on a, on, a, on a by the way, today at list, I really should add permit to purchase. Um, oh, thank you. I was uh, going to do that. Yep. I mean, Tizzy's <laughs> led on that. Uh, so uh, gun reform, gun reform, yeah, yeah, additional gun reform. I mean, the, the, the one issue that has you know the most, I think, uh, safety enhancement to it is the one that didn't get, get done last year. But we have you know assurances that it'll go a little differently this year coming up, and we believe it will, and we're going to push for it. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I struggle with this like almost every single day. I mean, it, there have been really serious bills that have passed in the past few years that that do achieve progress. But there are plenty of bills that haven't passed or in bills that haven't been filed. There's always there's more progress to make. And I do struggle with sort of like how much do you how much do you kind of like talk about things that you've done and, as a means not of like patting yourself on the back or trying to suggest at all that the job is done. But to try and like build more confidence either in the community or in the legislature that these things can, you know, can get done and that it, progress is possible. So I, I personally do struggle with I mean, call it glass half full, glass half empty type dynamic. Right. That doesn't apply to some politics, and and I, you know, so anyway, for whatever it's worth, I I do. So I I push back a little bit. There have been some really important bills that have passed. It's not like the agenda hasn't gotten done. The housing agenda is relatively new. There wasn't a Senate Housing Committee at all until two years ago. It wasn't an issue that people really focused on. On I only kind of really came into awareness of it um, when I was doing a lot of work on the healthcare field and just started realizing more and more that like you can do all kinds of health policy you want. If people don't have stable housing, and it sort of doesn't even matter. Yeah. It's to the point now where hospitals are actually really involved. Um, you know, nationwide overall, and the idea of housing stability because they realize that you know they have all these resources. Generally speaking, well, I'm going to put you on the spot then. So sure. give me so, and the, here's the reason I'm asking. 
because I want to be I want to be very clear about it. And and Tizzy, I'll give you a chance too. Okay. I'll give you an example. I'll give you two examples actually. Number one, um, and this goes to the housing thing. I had a conversation with my new representative. I'm in the suburbs now. I don't know if you know that, Krista Griffith. <laughs> and I wanted a big push for tenants' right to counsel mm-hmm. for evictions. And yeah. I want it fully funded. Uh, and, and, and we went through the whole thing. And she said, well, I can't understand why you think I wouldn't be for that. I helped pass Classy to get some sort of line on a tax document where you could fund. I'm like, I said, Chris, I'm not talking about that. <laughs> I'm talking about tenants' right to counsel. I don't, what I, what I don't, this is something you might use on a stump speech. You know, it's something you did or you check a box on a resume. When you're in here, I want specific examples, and that's not it. Colleen Davis gave me one, and it's a great program because we were talking about how the role of the treasurer is very narrow and there's not a lot you can do. And she said one of the things we were able to do is take um, investment income we were making off of some, like the 529 thing, mm-hmm. we'll take that investment income, and rather than roll it back in, we can set it aside for um, adults who age out of the foster care system and set them up with scholarships to trade schools, regular schools, go be whatever you want. Be a historian, be a, a plumber, be whatever. And obviously, on the face of it, you wouldn't think, well, that's actually great. And I, I looked it up after she left. In the last four years that there are doc, uh, documents uh, on, the, on the website, in 2014, or excuse me, in 2017, it was 14 adults aged out. 18, 12 adults. 19, 10. And, 20, and in 2020, which is the last year that there was data, 23 from 18 to 19 out of the system. Mm-hmm. Now, for those um, 50 or so individuals, I'm very glad that there's money set aside to help them transition from a foster situation to education. and, mm-hmm. and, and uh, That's awesome. But that's fifty fucking people. Like we have to, we have to level set where we're at here. Like we're t- when we're talking about change, we're talking about change for everybody. Mm-hmm. We're talking about no means testing, no rules, mm-hmm. no side runs. So when I say like is something successful, I mean are the people that I'm talking about getting the service? A bill might have passed, hmm. and the governor might have signed it. But I'm not talking about that. You, f- you feel me on that? Oh, 100%. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's sometimes the most frustrating p- point about being a legislator is you can pass a bill that on the face of it looks like it's pretty good to go. And then how it's implemented can get, can make all the difference. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's a whole other complicated story about, about how to or analysis about how to try to address that. Um, I guess my point is just that there have been bills that have passed that have, I think, make a, make a bigger, you know, more systemic difference. Um, and there's a lot more bills we have to work on. But I wasn't trying to avoid your question, frankly. Like, going back to the idea of like accountability for people. You know, I think I think the point would be like you mentioned. I think Leo Bourne trying to dive into that, and I do want to defer to Tizzy, who, who's a leader on on, the, on that issue. But just generally speaking, I would say that like we're committed to getting that done. We're not quite sure exactly how how that what that will look like for sure. But you know, the idea that a vote will happen and people you know can decide how they're going to vote on 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 a bill that's that's sort of like level of accountability right there. Similar to other bills we've we've gotten votes on. That haven't passed necessarily, but that now people can decide how they want to explain how they voted on an issue. So we've put we've pushed, you know, as, as, as strongly as I think we feel we can push um, that also sustains general momentum in the direction of progress on a host of issues. Um, and yeah, and I think and I'm going to let you speak to the um, 
to the, sure. the Leo, Leo Board one, I will just say this. I think that's my frustration. As I said before, I, I think your agenda in the Senate, and I've started following it more closely in the last, say, two years, and the stuff that you've been able to do and, and publicize has been very good, actually. My issue is the obstacles to that are people within your own party, your own colleagues, maybe in the House, maybe in the executive branch, and and it's 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 gumming up the works, and it's it's so the, even that stuff really gets either goes nowhere or, or watered down. And Leo Bor's a good example of that. Sure. And I'll let you talk no, about I mean that. I think look, there's no one that you're gonna meet within the legislature or without who's going to say yay incrementalism like we don't do this because we want to pass policies you know piece by piece by piece but i think you know just from a from a historical perspective from our experience um you know things tend to play out that you take these shorter steps and i think what we are we have been trying to do i think is to to center the, the policies and the policy areas that we know are critically important to actually achieve. You know, I think that's why you put out a bold policy, um, you know, like the bill that I filed, you know, like 149. I think that's why you create a committee that says the words of the thing that you haven't been saying, that housing is, you know, absolutely vitally important for us to figure out what our, our policy role is to get that right. On the state level, and so I think, um, you know, in the last couple of years, with our assumption of of leadership, I think that's what you've seen us doing. And I think, you know, there's there's lots of trial and error in the work that we do um, when when it comes to to doing that. And I, you know, I, I probably at the risk of being like a total Pollyanna, which I probably am about a lot of things, is that I try to just take the positive of of that approach it's like we're gonna put out a bold policy uh idea in the form of you know a legislative proposal we're going to um, make our priorities clear in the structure of committees and and things like that and um take away what we can from from what then happens i don't know that we anticipated the way things would play out in the the process of of trying to get leabor from bill that's filed to something you know actually passed which we you know i was unable to do you know it's it's frustrating but i i think our job as legislators is to to be navigating that policy piece we have a, a you know to some extent some of that responsibility is you know doing the stakeholder work and and being you know finding that balance between boldness and pragmatism i guess depending on who you are as a legislator i mean it, each legislator is different so, you know, I hear what you're saying in terms of, of of the obstacles, but I think, you know, I don't know. I feel like we plant plant these flags that, that show people what we're about, and I think we hope that that attracts, you know, advocates and maybe people who want to also be legislators and, and help us continue to build the momentum that we think that we're firing up and so that those things can get done sooner rather than later i'm not trying to say look we can yeah take 10 no years. and i think and i guess what i'm saying is i i include in that effort um being a leader being a political leader yeah and sometimes it feels like well let's just talk about the elephant in the room <laughs> so with with a certain leadership in the senate um things can get discussed and talked about and committees look good all of that um, just this week, I know there was a change on the on the bond committee, 
Um, you guys made a little change there, moved the, the, the person out. Um, so Nicole will be moved. I guess she's still on the committee, but not the chair. Of she's the a member of Correct. the So Apple. we have a new new chair of that committee, which, again, um, I, I started wondering what she was about when we started, the call started digging into the Fort DuPont thing. So, you know, any, anything to sort of indicate to people what I think you're trying to indicate by doing that, it's the message heard. But in the other chamber, um, you know, regardless of, you know, what we know happened during the leadership vote and, you know, the, you know, the gnashing of teeth and the private hugs probably and all of that stuff we see the committees come out again uh, yesterday or the day before and they're atrocious and when i say atrocious i mean they're set up the way we've talked about it for years to to uh, block to obstruct to just shove hairballs down the drain we know that and so at some point as part of the process you're talking about as part of the political process to rally the troops mm. I think that dynamic needs to be more clear to do what you're talking about. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you want to find advocates and, 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 and get advocates excited about Leo Bortlefield, yeah, or get excited, about, you're going to have to also get them excited about running for the House and, and retiring some of these people. Because I think that's part, I think, that's part of what you're talking about. But I'm not sure how you guys feel about it <laughs> like the fact of the matter is i know you don't want to talk about it but that's i, I don't see a way around i don't see a way around inc not including that aspect of it in the political uh machinations that you're talking about i think that at the end of the day you know i i don't i don't i can't speak to how you feel about you know, what you perceive to be my style or Tizzy's style or Dave Sokola's style, but I can tell you that <clears throat> I think, and, and this might sound like very, very um, like profound or something, but I think we are haunted by the inequities that exist in our society. We are haunted by the fact that the voiceless out in the world often have too little of a voice in legislative hall, and we want to try to use every ounce of our our our, our position right now to try and address these issues and if someone can sort of you know post game an analysis of things we can do better we are all ears mm -hmm. for what we can do better uh, but i will say and i hear you and i'm I, there's so much like legitimately there's so much work and focus to do simply in the senate you know getting as much good policy through the senate getting t language tightened up to some extent anticipating part of your point about like you know you pass legislation or at least your point and how i responded to it too passing legislation that then can be implemented with fidelity mm -hmm. or can't can't not be implemented with fidelity um you know there's so much work to do and to keep you know a, a caucus culture that is supportive and respectful and productive um that then also can translate we hope to um you know uh successes in the electoral cycle which are not done simply because of everything i just mentioned i mean tons of volunteers out there tons of grassroots supporters that help swing races i mean it was huge for us this year uh, that Kira Hoffner was able to preserve the 14th Senate seat, that Russ Huxtable was able to, to win over the 6th Senate seat. I mean, this is huge. Um, and so there's just enough to just focus in on the Senate 
without getting into some of the dynamic. Are, are we indifferent to what you're talking about? We are not at all indifferent to what you're talking about. But I think just we, we serve the cause best. We serve our colleagues best. We serve progress best by really just trying to constantly churn out the best product we can possibly churn out in the Senate in a way that also sustains that progress. And that's not some BS answer. I just did the best answer I yeah. think I can no, give. I agree and we are haunted by anything that it, that falls short of achieving maximum right. As, progress. Or abbreviates the, that progress. Yeah. That As I make. said, I, mm-hmm. I guess my... The, where this is coming from is that I, I more or less believe you when you say that, like you know, like I'm you know I'm a very cynical person generally, but but I, I more or less believe you, um, and I would think that the the downs you know that it's always going to run the, the way that the system is set up, it's always going to run up against that. The, the, the Schwarzkopf cabal in the House is going to block hard, almost or, or water down or ruin anything that you want to do. And so I don't know how we can proceed without, you know, what, without pointing out the huge, you know, the, the, the 5,000-pound gorilla in the room. And, like, that's the part I don't get. Like, I, I, I understand that it's not really within your control necessarily, really at all, um, unless we go back to Tizzy's point of sort of inspiring the polity to, to understand where the problems are. Because when you don't, when you sort of sidestep them, when you sort of, when you sort of sidestep them, it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't inspire anybody. Uh, it just looks like business as usual. Do you know what I mean? I, I I agree. I mean, everybody knows what my politics are. Everybody mm-hmm. knows how I think. Mm-hmm. And 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 if you think that way, it's very hard to then say, yeah. I mean, you use the term caucus culture. I don't, <laughs> don't I don't like that term. <laughs> I I think right. that term I don't like it because um, what we're trying to accomplish, as you said very eloquently, I think, is to address some of these awful inequities. And, and, and serious issues, the violence of the state, the schools, housing, like just the most basic issues. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I, I, I'm not as concerned as much if there's a group of rep- representatives in the House to think I'm mean. Actually, I don't care. Um, I know everybody points to Kowalko and how he was marginalized because of the way that he did it. I don't think maybe he was the most articulate person or the most strategic person, but I think what he was saying was correct. Everybody's afraid to be marginalized like that. I get it. But I, I, I think we're politics is supposed to be an, an adversarial process to get something at the end of it. And I, and I really don't care about the caucus culture. Cauc- I can't even say it. So you're you're it questioning. Even, it won't the, even come out of my mouth. You're, you're questioning the collegiality that, which is probably a general cultural. Well, I think everybody. When, this is something Carl, Carl and I have talked about mm-hmm. before because Carl works with a lot of um, both um, aides and and members. Mm-hmm. And I understand when you go to work, the people you work with, you don't want to like, you know, you don't want to be at odds with them all the time. But the work that you guys are doing is a little bit different than that. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's, I think that there's uh, too much, um, too much idea that there, the 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 best we can do is what we can do, and not to rock the boat. Well, 
I think just I, maybe to be clear, when I said caucus culture, I don't mean some kind of blanket term that applies no matter what caucus and what point in time you're talking about. I've you know been there for 10 years now, going on my 11th year, and I'm talking about a culture um, where you, you try to start by respecting the idea that you might all you might not agree on everything, which is obviously going to happen, right? You don't agree on everything. Um, but that fundamentally you're there to serve the public and you're there to try to do your the best job you can do and that let's talk about some things, some tough issues maybe that haven't been talked about, some issues that have been talked about but not with fidelity to sort of data or evidence or um, and just to, again, constantly try to push forward on issues and when you identify roadblocks either externally or internally you are honest about the roadblocks and you talk about the roadblocks so i mean i hear your point but but i, I guess i would just say that I, i'm talking about I, I would maybe even think you know a caucus culture if you can if you could bring yourself to say the term a, a caucus culture that you you might not you know disagree with ultimately to the extent that you're acknowledging that there are differences and so you, how you how you sort them out and, and trying to push for progress i mean that's very much i think the the, the culture we've established now the past couple of years, I mean, freshmen coming in doing big bills. Yeah, everyone being able to talk about big issues. Um, you know, maybe not everyone talking about every issue. Certainly, in the way, and I appreciate this in the way that you would like us to as a group overall. But trying to like trying to keep keep pushing in the direction of progress and really not leaving any issue off the table. I mean, I don't think there's been a single time we've kind of gone in, in, gone into into caucus and been like, well, we can't talk about this issue. We can't work on this issue. It's very much like a look. We're going to work on this, you know, as best we can, and try and try to figure out how to move this forward. Mm -hmm. So that's just a very different culture than well, I, I, I said before. And, and again, I don't think, I, and I'll no, go ahead. No, I was just going to say I don't think caucus culture is a blanket term by any means. I mean, I I think we have an amazing caucus that is extremely diverse in like all the ways. And I think I'm really proud of you know we had such a phenomenal set of folks who came in in 2020 that we were able to really empower who who did incredible things as freshman legislators. And I think, you know, that's, that is the, the culture, I guess, that we've tried to cultivate. I don't know that there's a blanket term for what a caucus culture is or would be. Um, I mean, yeah. if, I, I've heard people say, like, are, some people think, and there are certainly some evidence of this over time in different caucuses and different places and everything, that people act like they're, they're there to protect each other as opposed to serve the public. Probably and I guess what I'm, what I'm trying to say is I think that the culture we're trying to forge is to focus on issues that need focusing on and working together to understand that in fact you can we can do this together right and successfully, we can challenge each other challenge each other work together and i think again the results of the elections again which are not which are not an extension simply of only thing that only only that which happened in our caucus room yeah um, and, but I, I think overall it's yeah. like i mean the public is is there with us uh, and, and issues the senate is passing issues the senate's working on things we're trying to advance I think the public is is there, and we're with the public. Yeah, I, I sort of agree with you there. Yeah, I mean, and, and I wonder, maybe both of you can, um, can, you can, maybe maybe both of you can comment on it because I think that you're right. Um, all of the uh, there's been a handful of big wins. A lot of them coming from the Working Families Party. That's why I looked back at, at Carl oh, okay. when I said that because a lot of them coming from the Working Families Party. Right. So I assume, and you sort of said it yourself, Brian. That, you know, those are public uh, elections, so you know what happened. You know who got beat, why they got beat, who they got beat by, and the, and the force behind them to, to put them in power and remove somebody else. And so I do think um, for a lot of your progressive agenda, you do have – they're very popular. And so now I think let's, – let's, 
Let's go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to let me know where to show up. Like, <laughs> if you need, if you need, you know, a little muscle somewhere. It's a promise. Well, right. yeah. I mean, as long as the stuff's good enough, <laughs> right, and I think right. it is, then, then yes, I agree. I think let's let's take the popularity of the stuff. Let's take some of the grassroots organizing and advocacy, and let's get let's take it out for a spin. Yeah. You know, because I I, I I happen to agree with you. I think the wind is blowing in one direction. The problem is, you know. As long as there's, you know, as as long as there's a little thread that people can hold on to, like grim death, um, you know, they're gonna they're gonna hold on to it. That's kind of why I mentioned the the House committee uh, assignments and and the leadership vote, because you know all of the all the close calls and all of the you know primary close calls and and all of this other stuff, that's all well and good, but if you don't have the numbers. The people who are in leadership in the House have a particular set of interests that they are serving, particular set of stakeholders, and a, and a particular constituency, and that hasn't changed. So I'm trying to think of the things that we can do to address the fact that that hasn't changed. That's sort of, I guess that's the, the nut that I'm trying to get at. Like, we can have all of these great ideas and I think you guys are uh, sincere in, in doing them. You've worked on them for years now, both of you. So we we got to start cracking nuts. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. That's well, sort of what I'm getting. I mean, I am a, a, a big believer. I mean, I, I, I teach public policy on a higher education. So do you, Senator Townsend. Um, and, you know, I've worked in, in a, a community venue working with people to understand policy processes. I think... You know, we talked about this when we were talking about choice and charter. Like, how do we communicate the policies that we're working on and how do we communicate the way, you know, the way things work, um, I think is probably something we could could be doing better in order to help encourage more advocates in particular to to get organized and, and join us and help us get more things, you know, over the finish line. I think that part really does matter. I think how how we are able to work um you know, with organizers, it's it sort of depends on the bill and it depends on a lot of different dynamics. But I think that's a that's definitely an area of of the work that I always feel we could do better. I know, like with the even in the education space, I'm like, you know, it's so easy for us to get absorbed in um, stakeholder meetings, which does not always uh, end up reflecting what we might hope that it would look like. Um but, uh, you know, we're, we're talking a lot more about doing the hard work of getting impacted communities to be part of those conversations. And obviously organizing and organizers are a really key part in, in achieving that. So to me, those are those are aspects of the effort to get progressive legislation done that could always we could always use, you know, I think more work on that and we could always do better Um Figuring out how do we field that and how do we encourage that and how do we, you know, use that to actually have legislative success. And that, that hasn't always happened exactly the way we wanted to it, um, in recent times, I think, when we've been trying to to, to make that happen. So, um, I mean, that's that's a place that you're already showing up, but I think it's a place that we could all show up, you know, maybe a little bit more and maybe that would be a productive Yeah, and, and, and as I said, I, I hope that the... The, the reason I'm making this point is because I believe what Brian said. I think the public is behind this stuff. Mm-hmm. I think it's popular. 
I think the electoral cycles over the last two or three have indicated that. Mm-hmm. So that's fine. So so we got that. What's our what what what, what are we up against? And we have but we have to call that out too and sort of direct that that way. Mm-hmm. You know, but uh, because I, I do I do think a lot of the stuff is popular. It so, is, absolutely it is. Yeah. No, I think that I I would say without question a lot of the stuff is popular. I mean, I mean the same thing happened, these bills. The same thing happened with the with the, the marijuana but again, nobody can call out the governor and just say this is a this this is a cowardly thing that you did. Um, I think Dave David did a little bit when I was at the when I was in Dover. Oh yeah, David, um, David Sokol. Sokol. Oh. I, think, I think I think Senator Sokol. I think um, Senator Pardee on the, from the Senate side, the two of yeah. them. I think. And and, and this the issue is that you know whether you're in legislative leadership or not, even if you're not in legislative leadership, you're still kind of in this in this arena where working with other people who have different priorities. Sometimes they don't conflict with yours in terms of the values, but they all inevitably conflict in terms of bandwidth. Mm-hmm. Um, and so trying to sort that out and be productive is, is, is a complicated thing. And I think that when like a veto like this happens, I, I just sort of think that, I mean, first of all, it's very, I mean, from the Senate perspective, I think it's very straightforward that it goes to the House for the override, right, first, because it, it, it was a House bill. Mm-hmm. So it would have been different if we had you know, gotten to the Senate. Uh, it's, it was almost, it's almost like the Kathy McGinnis issue, right? And the Senate was willing to step up and do certain things. Uh, unprecedented situation, we're willing to step up and address it. Not everyone agreed with the, the way that we tried to address it initially and the pace and the, you know, all of that. But, like, you know, we're trying to actually address it in a productive way. Yes. Um, and, and so I think that when the, when the veto happened with, the, with marijuana, um, you know, full legalization, it, it goes to the House first. So, therefore, the Senate doesn't have that direct role initially. But part of the calculation also becomes how does this factor in in the broader portfolio of things that are being worked on? Um, but – but you've got other bills we're trying to – you're trying to – whether it's implementing you know, legislation that's already passed, whether it's trying to get other legislation passed, you, you try to factor it into the totality of what you're working on. Yeah. Ideally, the totality of what you're working on on behalf of the people and the issues we've talked about here mm-hmm. and, just, and just do the best you can. And, and then I guess like, there, there's, there's that as a, as a general matter, and then there's a stylistic point about, okay, well, maybe we can all agree on that, but like you'd still rather us yell more loudly than we did. Yeah, that's it, that's it, fine. Mm-hmm. I respect the hell out of that. It's I, just... I think maybe yell more loudly, but at least be a little more um, direct with it. That's what I mean. I, I know not everybody has this sort of adversarial sort of tone that I mm-hmm. take. Right. I take it for, for I mean, for reasons, because we're just in here. It's a show. <laughs> um, but But I do think that, these things should be spelled out very clearly. I think a lot of people have, as Carl said, are very petty. They have enough people around them or enough power and enough they have control enough levers where they can pretty much do whatever they want. Yeah, I mean, and, okay. and, 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 and again, the only other thing I'll say, and then I'll let you finish, and I have one more topic I want to bring up. But I actually, there's all of this stuff about we, we still need, we're doing all this other work. We have this other stuff in our portfolio. You certainly do. Um, but I have to tell you, the stuff that's been accomplished over the last four to six years is I'm I'm not incredibly impressed with it. I I liked it. I liked the the paid family leave. Uh, that was good. Uh, I liked the minimum wage. That was like the least everybody could do. Mm. Um, but I mean, on on renewable pro- portfolio standards was good. What's that? Renewable portfolio standards was good. Yes. That's not so quickly that I forgot about it yeah. sometimes. I think changing uh, you know, the parole, the, the, uh, the, uh, the, bail, the bail we rolled back because of the crime, because of fear-mongering about crime. So we had to bail with no ca- we had no cash bail, and that actually got tweaked back a little bit because, you know, because of crime. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I about to... my my standardized school registration system. I mean, <laughs> that was actually yeah, that was good. That's point. actually Thank good. You, like, Carl. I, here's what I'm saying. It's not I'm, sexy. That's no Did correct. It's not sexy. I, one as well? I, I think no. that's or was that no, no that, that was failed. Huge. That was well, that's, you know, I think that's good. No, but I think that's an like, but admit that's a what I would call that is an administrative improvement. I'm glad that it's. I mean, I'm glad that that's streamlined. We're working on the streamlining. The follow-through okay. well, is important. It is. But you, 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 you see happening. what I mean? Yeah, and, and I'm not. I'm not knocking. I think it's. <laughs> I, I think stuff like that that does improve. There's been like other administrative uh, stuff that's happened that I thought was good. Like there's stuff going on in housing, which I think is pretty good. Um, but in, in any in any case, yeah. I, I mean, I. But I I look at those as just like okay, this is the system we have. It's not that great. Mm-hmm. We can we can actually improve it over here and just put something online and streamline like the application process or or like or like uh, Krista Griffith said we can put a, a checkbox on mm-hmm. this thing like yeah it's not I'm not gonna say it's bad but the idea that wow we really bit our tongue and and we really got embarrassed on this one and this guy really really fed us a shit sandwich but you know we got all this other stuff accomplished I don't see it. Yeah, well I think I think yeah. I think we're getting fed the shit sandwich more than we're winning. I mean, but like like. I think we're all we're getting at is I think we do get very and bogged down is not the right thing. I think we get very immersed in doing what we can do. And that can be very um, that's that in and of itself is a lot of work. And 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 the work of of policymaking legislation is a portion of our work as as legislators as well. We do you know, we're, we're also responding to things going on in agencies and. Uh, things that are happening amongst our constituents and how we can can be helping them every day too. So I think, you know, do we get pulled away from from folk? Does it does it appear that we're getting pulled away from focus? Are we? I, I mean, I think that's a fair question. Completely. See, I don't even know if it's that. I don't know if it's getting pulled away from focus. I think it's it's a. It's, it's you, you take your lumps, you take a you know, you get punched in the face. Yeah. For as a metaphor, and you're just like, well, <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, Go back and lick my wounds and try to do something tomorrow. Um, turn so the I other don't. Cheek. I, yeah, I, I don't like turn the other cheek. I'm not a big fan of it. <laughs> I can tell. But but let me let me get to this last. Um, uh, do you do you have something? I mean, I guess uh, I just I just say offline and not not because of going to on the record, but just like I want to be thorough about it. Kind of go through and I'm sure there are more impactful legislative successes that are not coming to any of our minds immediately. Oh, Medi- for sure. Medicaid Dental is one example. Fines and fees. Fines and fees Fines worked and out. Fees. I mean. So we'll, we'll, let's good. put a, like a list together. We'll get a list over to you okay. just so we can kind of like okay. figure out if we, how much we maybe do or don't. You agree. see, though, when it doesn't come right to people's minds, how maybe if it doesn't, oh sure, no, it's not the top I, of your mind. It's not the top. I understand of that, but mind. I also just, I mean, maybe this is like a little more detail than is necessary. But just because the way you had said it multiple times, just to be clear, and when I said this before, you kind of acknowledged it. I want to just emphasize <clears> it, the you, the way you characterized it just a minute ago about the statement from I guess you didn't say their names, but Senator Sokola, Senator Pardee. Yeah. Um, I can guarantee you that was. Not received as a little thing by the by the governor's office. Um, well, that's good. See, so, that's something again, I like. I I, I like carrying. Yeah, and like whether and, and, and to your point, if that's if, if the public doesn't know the difference, or if, if not only do they not know the difference, but in fact they like the lack of some other kind of a statement that caused them to have less faith in the system. That's a reality that we should care about. We should note and we should care about it. But just it, it that was not a little thing. Um, and um, so there you go. So last big heady thing, um, I interviewed. Uh, several months ago, Hal Weitzman. Hal Weitzman is the editor of the Booth Review, which is the, the, the journal uh, at the University of Chicago's business school. He wrote a book about the corporate state. Oh. What's the matter with Delaware? I know everybody likes to ignore it, 
um, which is funny, but I'm, ne I'm never going to ignore it. And, um, you know, it, it, it basically catalogs the history of how we became a corporate state, what's going on today between um, the corporate licensing um, and the, the other sort of tax haven aspect to it. So I, I don't need to belabor the point. Um, but something came up just recently where Jordan Howell in the Delaware Call wrote a story about the University of Delaware getting state money, not getting no, but, and and then sending other funds that they have offshore as investments, and because they consider money not fungible anymore, I guess that pile of money is secret, no FOIA. Can't can't look at it. Um, there was one other thing. Oh, and and this also relates to one of your priorities, I think, because you talked about um, labor and organizing. I think it's. I I wonder how we balance that priority of of helping people, or at least making the making it a, the ground fertile to to try to organize. When the the biggest organizing. Uh, I think coup in this state would be to organize the Amazon workers. But it's a little odd that we gave them $4 million to come here, and now we're going to make it easier for their employees to organize. That's going to be pretty funny. Um, so I wonder, like, this, this whole idea that we're trying to address the inequities uh, for the worker, for the parent, for the student, um, for somebody who might have been found guilty in dead time, we're trying to you know, all of these people that we're trying to address, but the, the, the method in which we address it is if you can get a job, you know, as a forklift operator for $19 an hour, uh, then that's how we've, we will just pay them to hire you. Yeah. So I, 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 I never understand how that all comes together. So the question really is, do you, is, is there any appetite to go after the, the corporate state? to try to peel it back a little bit, or to at least try to uh, to minimize the, the I was going to say something about stakeholders. Like, you talk about stakeholders, but then when we talk about who we're looking to improve their lives, they're somehow, they don't, they're not, when, they're, when there's the meeting, the they're not there. Communities. They're not there. Impacted communities, right. I, I guess I, I'm just I'm concerned that that's always going to be another barrier is that there's other there's there's a there's a third rail of Delaware politics um, that 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 structure that income structure and the idea that the best way we can address issues is by partnering with the private sector to make money so somebody has to make a lot of money uh, whether it's at Fort Dupont whether it's in Claymont, whether it's Amazon, Ally Bank, uh, whatever, mm -hmm. that that's that's the answer. That's not the answer. Kind of goes back to what I was saying at the beginning. I think somebody has to step up and say we have two different models here. One model is sort of what you guys were talking about, about trying to assess and address through policy all of these inequities in all of these areas. There's another model that says, we'll sell the port, we'll sell this property down here and then rent it back from Colonial Parking. 
will will dump money into the private sector or will allow private sectors to form boards and take Fort DuPont that wasn't supposed to be taken based on the Coastal Zone Act. Uh, and and so that's there's two different there's there's two different models. And I I wonder whether that conversation can happen because in my view that corporate model the public private partnership model is 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 in direct conflict with helping impacted communities and i i i wonder if there's any appetite to sort of um, articulate that that dynamic between those two models that way well, I think um, the answer is yes, and there has been before, and there needs to continue to be. I, I'm very fascinated by the different examples you you talked about. It was a very lengthy and eloquent statement about all of it. You went from UD to the, mm-hmm. the corporate side. No, no, just to be clear, yeah. the port. You know, there's a lot of there's, so <clears throat> Amazon. <clears throat> I think that you know the issue of um, corporate corporate welfare is um, is present like in almost every jurisdiction. So I don't think that has anything to do with Delaware's unique status as a, a state of incorporation. I mean, I, obviously, I, I'm sure you know, I practice in the field as an attorney. Like, the, the, all the companies that incorporate in Delaware could care less about the ways in which we, um, you know, have an, a, a progressive income tax structure, the ways in which we invest in communities. Like, they, they have no role in any of that, and they could care less about it. They just they, they have a very solid body of law. You know, a, a court system that's that, that that that's predictable and accessible, and all those things, which actually goes back to the Hal Weitzman book, and we can, I mean, probably overall talk separately about it because I think some of what you're talking about here is actually much more germane to what actually happens to um, Delawareans in ways that 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 it is it can be negative. Um, I happen to think that that the system that we have in terms of corporate law overall, set, set aside from the LLC transparency, which I'm very glad at the federal level there was a national solution for that. Um, but overall, the tens and tens of thousands of Delawareans that are employed, not just higher income uh, lawyers, but also dry cleaners and restaurateurs and um, you know, transportation, all the things that go into having an entire pillar of industry here, employs a whole lot of people, including at lower income. And it's, it's very important to have opportunities. I think a negative side of it actually is the fact that Delawareans rely on that, that revenue, st- revenue streams in ways that also, almost cause us not to have to have the buy-in that other jurisdictions have to have, like with higher school taxes. I mean, it's so easy to have. We actually didn't talk about that too much. No, it's so too. easy to have not buy into your local school system when it's so easy to buy out. Yeah. Right. And and so which well, I and again, I mentioned that about thinking that you know my thing is if 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 you pay private school tuition, you should get a luxury. Yeah, you mentioned the luxury tax because you're buying but, out. You're you're taking the yeah. discount. The discount you're getting in taxes from the corporate state is allowing you to buy out of the education system. Right. My, my point yeah. is, is that I think the corporate side of that in terms of the revenues, that's actually where there ends up being like a more pervasive. Ultimately, I think negative impact is that if it causes Delawareans, whether average Delawareans or in governance, to not have to make some of the tough decisions because we have this revenue coming in, that actually can result in a whole host of negative sort of like um, whether it's programmatic structure, whether it's political courage, whatever it is. But I think overall that the idea of sort of corporate welfare more broadly and the role of business and making decisions, that exists probably in every single jurisdiction. Um, you know, there's been coverage of this, you know. About about corporate welfare, I know. I think even like Governor Markell, after he's out of office, like Penn and Op-Ed, it talks about how like you know he he like wish he he didn't do as much. He of did it, a, like, he did an interview, I think it was something where, yeah. something like that. But he did he made a statement like yeah you know I was in it and maybe uh, how Weitzman actually t- clued me into it. But I think it was an interview where he made that statement like uh, it, we were too we we relied on it too, too much. For, on it we, we were way too reliant on it. It caused all of these ancillary problems 
that we, we, we not only can we not address, we don't talk about because we don't talk about the thing. So we don't talk about the ancillary problems it's causing. Right. And so, yeah, he, he hmm. made up and he made a pretty clear statement. But again, when he came, when he was out of, out office. of office. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like no, almost no office holder wants to do anything that would be directly, a, you know, a direct consequence of which would result in people not having job opportunities. Um, and. So I just, I just like a fundamental reality. I actually don't think, as long as you're baking in all the, the cost, the cost benefit from a true perspective, um, I, I don't think is, is is unreasonable at all. I think it's different. For example, if like you want to have job opportunities that really don't redound to the benefit of the community overall, just to say you did, that's not a, what I'm talking about. But like for example, back in um, we, we, I, I remember <laughs> the Markel administration was so mad at me. We forced uh, Dito through Sunset Review back in like 2014, 2015. They got very mad at me. They tried to stop it. I was able to get it through Dito sun, uh, Sunset Review. And like my biggest point was just like why aren't we don't have, why don't we have clawbacks in these you know corporate incentives? Uh, why, don't, why don't we tie it to actual results? And by the end of the sunset review process, you know, a couple of Dito uh, leaders said to me, "Oh, that wasn't as bad as we thought." I'm like, "Okay, well, good." Like I was trying to tell you that it's not personal. It's not. It's just like at least if you're gonna, if we're going to have to engage in this, and you could argue whether we do or don't have to engage in some of it. Like I'd be I'd be a bigger fan of spending a lot of public resources to set the stage. You know, good education, good housing, good healthcare. Like set the stage for a dynamic economy, and sort of let let the private sector kind of go from there, subject to important guardrails. Like that's that's what I would I would favor. But to the extent that you know you're in, into some of this with where they can locate along the East Coast, and you're trying to give a little bit of incentive to come there. Like call it pragmatic or not, if we're there, let's at least tie this to results, right? Which obviously hadn't happened all that much. But after the Dito Sunset Review, I think all, every single one, if not most of, have all had you know either clawbacks or payout in tranches as you. Sh- show results i mean that's not for nothing that's an important thing and then you had the um prosperity partnership i think on this i can't remember the house vote but in the senate i believe only two of us voted against it myself and former senator dave mcbride um it just it just wasn't you know it wasn't being done in a timetable that i thought was appropriate and you know they announced it kind of so people started jumping shit from dito and and and, and other state agency and then they were like well wait a minute maybe we won't do it it just turned into this big mess and i thought it wasn't drafted appropriate i thought there was like real good questions about it i voted no against it and you know, here we are a few years later, it's doing its thing. And, you know, there's still some outstanding questions there. I, I just, I think that people don't talk about it all that much. They don't vote against this stuff all that much. And, um, you know, there's downsides to that. But I think as long as we have as much accountability as we have with regard to sort of the actual payments part of it, you know, that's, that is, that's not for nothing. You mentioned UD. Oh God, that is like, there's a source of frustration to a lot of legislators, myself included, a proud alumnus of UD. Me too. But you just, you know, you wish that... You you'd like there to be more transparency in some of this stuff. I think you had a great point about, about, you know, fungibility of, of, of money. I remember it was after the, um, the Vaughn, you know, the tragic uprising at Vaughn and what happened there. And then you had like the, that, that same year, I think it was like four months later, five months later, we're in the bond process and UD comes down and, and says, we'd like resources for this, like, um, can't remember what kind of startup, not startup, but what kind of um, the science-based, um, you know, investment they were trying to make, and well, the big campus, I guess. Um, well, sure, it was definitely at Star, but I can't remember. I can't remember the the, 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 the more specific name for it, but um, for the specific initiative. And the president, I mean, he he, you know, he, he asked for this big ask, and I said on the bond, I was on the bond committee at the time, and I said to him, like during the open meeting, I said, well, you know, we've got like schools with student health issues, we've got, you know, um, we've got correctional facilities that are neither safe for for correctional offers or inmates um you know we've got some serious capital investment to make on the state and we don't have like an endowment to turn to or we don't have other sources like fundraising we've got a and he and this is all in the public record he, he, he said in front of the committee in response to me he basically said well you're always going to have 
you know, student health issues every year. You're always going to have inadequate correctional facilities every single year. You can get to those later. We need this money now. <laughs> and I was just like, you got to be, you got to be kidding me. Um, they came and, up with some gems in front of the money committees. Yeah, sure. and then the following year, he had, I can't remember what it was, but in front of JFC, he, he It's funny when people get nervous doing stuff, and then you could just say anything. Well, yeah, say the anything, thing about the inadequacy of our K-12 system. Oh, yeah, but, yeah, some of the issues there talking about that. And, and just, that, and, that and so UD has, you know, I mean, really, at the end of the day, and I get that, like, was it UD and Penn State are the only two that have... This so. level of protection from from transparency. And yeah, that's, and that's the. I guess that's the. That's, that's the case. That is. Well, this that is, and overall, I mean, I, I guess the issue I'd say is is that um, overall higher education has become a whole different role in the economy and society than even like thirty years ago, maybe even like twenty years ago. I mean, it's just it's off to the races, and so and so figuring out what that means from an economic development perspective, think think about what that means. Um, from a true economy and jobs perspective, and not just giving them a free pass, but just truly figuring out what that means um, is important. And I don't think we've done as good a job as we as we should have. And I don't know exactly what the transparency amounts would mean. I mean, I'm not a fan of trying to do something and draw some kind of like line that sounds good but isn't actually effective. Like imagine, imagine this, right? Fungibility of money. Oh, resources over there. You can't talk about it now. Can't see it now. I mean, I, it's. I think it's. A, I think the the nature of higher ed, especially good higher ed schools. Um, uh, it has become very complicated very quickly, and our politics has not have not kept up. And it's no surprise to me that in a small state, a small jurisdiction with, a, with, a, with that big behemoth of an entity um, having outsized influence then in that regard, we're going to be even further behind than other states where any one school or even all schools don't play as big a role in the overall economy or community as it does here. So we, look, we've got to figure that out. And God bless Senator Sokola, who's UD's in his district. He's been willing to push legislation over the years, often in coordination yeah. with Representative Kowalko, to try and address this issue. So yeah. I don't know in, on this topic specifically where it stands then in the 2023. Yeah. Um, again, because Kowalko made a big statement at the end of the, Jordan's piece about you know we we shouldn't lose sight of this because it's it's you know it's a lot of money. We don't know what's happening, uh, but it is a big employer. So he was just hoping that somebody would pick up the ball and run with it at least on the FOIA stuff, to at least make it public. If you want to be public and you want public money, then it's public. That's fine. Uh, but I think we have – my issue with it is all of these carve-outs. And I think you you mentioned even even the, getting clawbacks from the private corporations that we're giving money to. There's got to be de democratic mechanisms in this mm -hmm. that can be some some in some way managed by the democratic process rather than hidden from the democratic process. Yeah, and I, so I think I think there can and should be. I think it's, it, we should be looking at it. Back to the point about total portfolio, which you're working on, is this mm -hmm. isn't some like BS answer about like oh we can't touch that without offending somebody. It's more like okay, how do you want to pro properly prioritize that and the amount of time we have to try and work on a variety of issues. You know, um, I mean, to your point about going through. Other we things, already talked about that. Disney <laughs> and I, Before 45 we days. You guys got a sweet gig down there. 45 days well, to I mean, work obviously on the floor. Uh, obviously, you work. Um, I mean, we we work literally every single day. We well, do. we were. I mean, I, we did tell a joke before you got here yes. about like uh, there are people that work. You know, they they have other the projects. They're doing long. constituency sure. stuff. Yeah. They're in the community. I I get that. I'm not. This is just a general statement. Yeah. 45. No, no, it's, it's tough. I mean, 45 it's, days I think, for your Christmas. attendance is taken. Look, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, it is from an era where government had a different kind of role overall, where I think the world and the economy were a lot less complex. Mm -hmm. um, and 45 days in a, a largely agrarian state at the time, like, made sense overall. But I think that there's a, a lot of reasons why we should be looking at changing that as well. Not because, like, bigger government's better necessarily, but because I just don't think this sets us up for maximum success to have the role that I think most legislators would like to have to actually address more issues. It's not that we don't work every single day of the year most of us you know it's it's that 
when you have that those few days, especially in the first few all ceremonial and everything, yes. like you have so few so little time, relatively speaking, to get a lot of things through the process. Um, and look, there's some people who love that, right? And then other <laughs> people who are frustrated by it. And I think it's trying to right. trying to do the best you can with what you've got yeah. is kind of. And, kind and, of where and that to is. your point earlier, I mean, that flow of session, the flow of those 45 days, you know, can only yield, I guess, so many big pieces of legislation with all the work and, you know. Yeah. And, as, and, and, and I will say, I think, as Brian said, I think that that's sort of by design. That's why some people sort of like it that way. Well, it's something yeah. by, by I think more, more legitimate history, perhaps, in terms of that. Yes. Um, but I, and, and, but, but even now, now it's more like it seems it that odd way. that. You know, we have all of these different. I mean, we, but again, this is because there is a there's a there's a model of change mm -hmm. that um, in believes that deputizing the private sector to do all of this stuff to quote mm -hmm. create jobs to act, to do whatever to have to develop or whatever they do <laughs> like that this model works fine for that model. You know, only coming in. And, and doing two ceremonial days and then maybe doing business like 41 days. Like, yeah, they that's fine because that fits their model. They they want they think that responsibility should be passed along to an Emirati port firm mm -hmm. or to Colonial Parking uh, or to a, to a charter school or or whatever. And so, yeah, that's why they like it. Because, yeah, I mean, it's a vestige of, you know, a, 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 a small state that 200 years ago was mostly farms. Um, but but now it's 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 um, it serves the purpose of that of that camp abbreviation of our abbreviation camp. I mean, Delaware doesn't have the shortest session, you know, around the country. But we no. also are not a full time legislature officially with more full time salaries that might give more people the opportunity to actually run and serve in office rather than try to swing the deal of having multiple jobs. Perhaps there's a whole different level of stress. I mean, it's a level of stress. But I mean, it, is it a terrible thing for people to have a you know, keep a foot in well, I think it's really important reality. to be grounded in something other than this <laughs> I to think be able it's to. Great. But, but I mean, my point and is. We've is done, that and that goes back to Carl. That's something that. that, that depends on the job. Though. Depends on the job. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair, yeah. Enough. fair enough. Fair enough. I'll yeah. take uh, that. On the UD point, just real quick, I'll say I'm not sure how you react to this, but I do know that there are people at UD who have said, um, and, or in the UD sphere overall, who have said, like, you know, all due respect, uh, we're not going to sit here and take lectures from the General Assembly on transparency. Mm. <laughs> and I, I'm curious your thoughts on that. Um, <laughs> Like yeah, I mean, I think that's a fair. Uh, I, well, yes. On one hand, I had a laugh when they said on one, it. On one hand, they're correct. On the other hand, that's just tough shit. Yes, you are going to. <laughs> yeah. Because we just won't give you the money. Understood. So guess, to, yeah. So it's just real easy. One just to float them, that out there is an yeah, irony that you, exists. You know, you, you, you make it. You make a good. You make a good point. We are also, we are also very bad. Make it right. But tough shit. <laughs> yeah. We're giving you the money. We got the money. You don't. You sure. go first. Yeah. Sure. So. Uh, <laughs> But, but but yeah, I mean, all of, and I, I find there's so much going on now with you know I, I, with moments of irony. I try to find some level. Of oh, there's plenty. Right when I can. Yeah. Yeah. Plenty I just, of those. I, I think that's what it is. I I I really think that, I mean, you guys are in a in a, in a, in a, in a position I don't envy, uh, because no matter what you think, you do have to deal with both of those models. Mm -hmm. But I my hope is that. We have more people making plain that they think that although we are dealing with these two models, one of them's right and one of them's wrong. These are the reasons why. Right, right. This is this is our agenda. This is what we believe. Yeah. And so, yes, I understand that I have to go to a committee meeting and hear from the Chamber of Commerce mm -hmm. or the Restaurant Association or the, the Realtor Association or the cops. 
Yeah. That's just a reality. I get that. But we don't have to pretend that that's the only reality right. or that that's right or that they're equal. Sort of like we talked about sure. before. We can look at all of these things as a thing, but I don't have to pretend that, you know, uh, the Delaware Restaurant Association has equal footing than every person that works in a restaurant in the state. Correct. I don't have to pretend that. I and mean, I don't think people should. And I think sometimes they do. I think we could do a better job of making that plain. I mean, I... I, I probably tend to feel like, well, let's let our actions speak louder than our words, but maybe our words need to fall in better line. But I know that, you know, as Brian mentioned, you know, that intention of like, how do we set that better context for, um, you know, stronger labor presence and what that could mean in Delaware, you know, I think is an action that we would hope would speak to where the the values are there. But, um, you know, yeah. Or could we be more explicit about those values? I mean, I, I do think that it's easy to talk. It's harder to act. Yeah. And we've acted on a bunch of things. We'll get you like a fuller list, although. No, I believe yes. it. I, I think... I, I, I've seen lists. We've, Carl mentioned some stuff. No, I mean, I look. No, but I, 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 it's a great point. It's, it's a great point. I'm just, I'm just saying is. that I think that the idea is, you know, our, our, our caucus, um, there's been a lot of turnover the past four years, three cycles technically within four years, right? Um, there's been a lot of, I think, I think from, from like A to Z, there's been um, – there's basically been a buy-in to you know like let's let's approach things the way we talked about earlier in terms of looking at it and and pushing and being respectful to each other but trying to work on these issues and i mean every single person in the caucus is working on an issue that you would agree with mm -hmm. every single person and so trying to work with them on their projects while all coming together to respect each other's projects is an important important dynamic we've had two years uh where we've, we've been we've been doing that and we want to try to continue to do it and thankfully, in the meantime, we've had, you know, um, overall, broadly as a caucus and as a state, electoral success. Um, and so we'll see where that goes this year. And yeah. we'll continue to do that in the Senate and hope that, you know, as much of it gets passed ultimately into law as possible. And we'll, we'll push on things and, you know, push buttons, pull levers, to try and make all of that happen uh, and hopefully continue to have have success with that with that model. But models come and go. We don't take any of it for granted. And it takes a lot of hard work and, and a lot of fundamental respect, which is a lot easier to achieve, I think, when you focus on actions and not necessarily saying all the things we might all feel, um, but fear that it, you know, progress might be stunted by just saying. Yeah, I mean, if, if again, I think to break character here for a little bit. Um, I didn't realize you had character. I thought you were you. Uh, don't cut that Whoa. out. Cut that out. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not uh, suggesting that I think people should go in and have like arguments every every day. I think what I'm suggesting is that we do, but I, just not I all publicly. Publicly, I guess what I'm saying is publicly. Yeah, I don't care what you do in private. This is a democracy. You guys can have your own private conversation. I guarantee you, you do care what we do in private. Yes, you should. Well, care I what should, we do but in I, I, the idea that—that's the other thing too. Is this like uh, so secret? This is a democracy. Just do it in public. Uh, you know, it's not really that. That's kind of the, the position I take. I it doesn't. It doesn't necessarily have to be um, uh, off color or insulting or mean. But, you know, it should be said who we should be clear about who our political adversaries are and not pretend like they're like just because they're at the table doesn't mean they're not our adversary. But if you had to choose, would you rather someone take a public stand or take the stand in the back room when it when it may matter more in that it negotiation? Depends. It, yeah, Does I mean, it, it depends. It depends. It gets back to this. I guess we both would be great. It depends what we were talking about before about what the end result is. Mm -hmm. You know, we can sit here and say, well, this 
you know, this piece of legislation was great. And I can say, well, it's okay. You know, we can have that come, but that's just a, that's just a matter of maybe doing sort of what Brian was saying and, and being able to sort of in that, in the public private partnership world or the corporate welfare world, being able to put some number on it mm. and saying like, well, what good does this do? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Being I mean, able to, articulate. this wish... was my problem with, this was my problem with, like I said, with the governor, mm-hmm. you should be able to articulate then and yeah. you should be forced actually to publicly articulate why you're taking that stand that you're taking. What's the benefit? What's the, who's, who are you, who, what, what interests are you serving and what's the benefit? Mm-hmm. That's all. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I can, I'll continue to insult them from here. But I think the, the, the way that people articulate their positions, why they take their positions, especially why they are continual obstacles to change. They're, they're, there's no public, um, there's no public reckoning with why people do the things that they do. Mm-hmm. And some of them are so ridiculous, there should be. Or some of them actually are a hindrance to your agenda. And so I feel like, in a public way, people should explain what their agenda is. And I don't think that there's a lot of that, as far as people just being just being obstacles. Okay. Yeah, I don't, that's, that's sort of what Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I've, I've kept you guys a long time. I appreciate it. That's nice. Tizzy, I'm so happy that uh, you made... came. I did tell Brian when we booked, I was like, well, Tizzy knows where it is. It's <laughs> Brian, thank you for coming in. Um, I was going to hit you with the uh, with with the uh, Nicole Poor thing and, and and ask you whether um, she was removed from the, the chair of that uh, the bond committee because she ignored the League of Women Voters um, because you know she ignored the League of Women Voters who does that do you know that you, you haven't seen that video um, you have I, I might bet. have heard I think I might have heard about it okay yeah 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 thank you Carl <laughs> Carl thank you um, yeah I mean I, I'm I'm really glad you guys came in yeah. I'm I. I, I, all I can say is I sincerely hope for some of these priorities to become uh, realities. And, um, and, and uh, you know, if you need me to, to you know, twist some arms or whatever, <laughs> so you know how to reach me. I love that. We're going to be hard at work. We are already hard at work. And uh, if this was worth the wait, thanks for letting well, us into the bunker. Thank you very much. Um, everyone, uh, we'll speak to you soon. Left is best. Okay.